Hello everyone and welcome along to this week's edition of the Sport Huddle, brought to you by Leeds Hospital Radio Sports Team. My name's Ian and tonight we're joined by Richard Bell, Tony Chalk and Bernie Thornton and we're going to be discussing the end of the season coming uh, in the Championship League 1 and League 2, what well, mean League 2, and also the Premier League still has a month to go and still has about seven or eight games left as well, but we'll mention Leeds United a little. Um, we'll also talk cricket in Yorkshire. Um, a little mention of the Rhinos, who have got Wigan in the Challenge Cup, and also our sporting moments of the week, um, one of which may surprise you. Um, so we're going to go first to Huddersfield Town. We're going to start in the Championship. There are two games left, uh, pretty much for every team. Um, Burnley and Sheffield United are up. They're in the Premier League next year. The playoffs, it's one for it's four teams from about 12. I think you can go down as far as Swansea mathematically, um, to see a playoff place. But at the bottom is where we are um, more interested in. And as we record, Rotherham are playing Cardiff, um, the two teams directly above the Terriers, and also Cardiff are the team that Huddersfield go to on Sunday lunchtime at 12 o'clock. So it's um, a massive weekend in, in Huddersfield Town's history, really, Bernie. Certainly is, Ian. And yes, most sides down the bottom end have two games left. Huddersfield and Cardiff actually have three left. And Cardiff's spare game is, as you rightly say, being played this evening. And uh, uh, it'll be nice if they don't win that one, because a victory for Cardiff will put them in a very strong position going into Sunday's uh, showdown, if you like. Um, But uh, yeah, Huddersfield Town, uh, they've had a 10-11 day rest so they should be coming into Sunday's game refreshed and at pretty much full strength, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure the team selection will go for experience in a game like this because it is absolutely vital that they do not lose it. In fact, should they win at Cardiff, there is a possibility that if results go the other way, they might actually be safe from relegation after that particular game. However, it's more likely that it's going to go to the wire They've got the free shot, if you like, against Sheffield United next week, next Thursday. And um, it's great news that United have secured promotion because who knows, they may do a Burnley and decide to lose to a, a, a lower Riches side. Um, <laughs> who, who could have predicted that win by Queen's Park Rangers at Burnley last, uh, Burnley last weekend? So um, my, my guess is it probably will go to the wire, which is the final game of the season for everybody on the 8th of May, Bank Holiday Monday, the 8th of May. And it's going to be Huddersfield against Reading at the John Smiths. And if it's all to play for that day, it will be it'll be behind the sofa time. It will be as nervous as you like, but it will be rocking. And of course, we shall be there on Leeds Hospital Radio Sport to cover it. So, uh, yeah, who knows how it's going to go. The bookies say that uh, out of if you assume that Wigan, Wigan are virtually dead now anyway, because several of the other sides are playing each other. Um, Blackpool have a chance, but the bookies have them at 66 to one uh, against to um, uh, sorry, on to uh, uh, be relegated. Uh, Reading, they have at um, 11 to four to to. Uh, to uh, four to eleven, I should say, to go down, and Huddersfield nine, nine to four. So um, the bookies are tipping Reading to go down rather than Huddersfield. Don't trust the bookies, and uh, <laughs> maybe it's going to go right to the wire on that last day, the eighth of May. 
It genuinely is. Um, it's nil-nil between Rotherham and Cardiff, and both teams are going at it. Hammer and tong on a pitch that resembles a swimming pool. Um, it's very rainy in uh, South Yorkshire at the moment by the looks of things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Tony, just a quick shout. What do you think Huddersfield's chances are of staying up? And, um, and yes, yeah, survival. Well, I suppose that the, the last three fixtures that they've got does, does sort of give them a shout, doesn't it? I mean, they've got two mm. against relegation rivals, albeit one of them is away on, on Sunday. Um, uh, and they've got one against Sheffield United, and you just hope that they might take their eye off the ball now that they've secured promotion. So it, it, it does give them uh, a, a shout. But uh, let's not forget that it's not that long ago, two or three months ago, we were sat here recording this huddle, uh, and the gen- general comment was, well, Huddersfield are dead and buried. They're, they're yes. going down. Yeah. It's all over. Uh, so the fact that they're actually in a position to get out of it and with a decent chance of getting out of it, I think, um, says a lot for them. Uh, and I guess you've got to say for Neil Warnock as well, because uh, yes. he, he certainly made a difference since he's come in. So, uh, uh, yeah, let's hope that, uh, I mean, we, we so I was mentioning earlier, we'll come to them lately, uh, later, that uh, with, with three t- teams looking as though they were uh, in danger of relegation, one of them's safe already in Harrogate. Let's hope that Huddersfield are going to be the second. I know we'll be talking about Leeds soon. <laughs> yeah, not yet, though. Not yet. Um, but, yeah, so Huddersfield, um, we'll be covering the home game against Sheffield United on the um, um, on Star Wars Day, May the 4th. And um, we'll also be covering Huddersfield against Reading that last day drama. Um, just so people are aware, Cardiff have just gone one nil up um, oh, at right. Rotherham, and uh, eleven minutes gone. Um, so, um, all right then, I've avoided it enough. Right here we go, Tony Leeds. Um, are we talking about Leeds Rovers? <laughs> yeah, snatched the draw from the jaws of victory in yeah. the week against. Against our gyms, Leicester City, um, wow. and then Saturday lost to Fulham uh, 2-1, which was an improvement on the two previous games, um, which were 5-1 and 6-1. Um, is, where can you see this season going, really? Uh, downhill. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I obviously I, I don't uh, I don't, I don't see. Uh... Uh, leads in the in the flesh at all. I'm reliant on, on on watching them on on television. But of course, I've been able to see the last four games, all of which have been televised. So uh, I've had a, a, a chance to have a really good look at them. Um, I mean, one thing that was certain the other night when they're playing against Leicester, uh, I, I, I actually um, said, said to to my wife at halftime, we were watching the, the thing. I said one thing we can be certain of is that Leeds will not win this game one nil. They need to score again if they're going to win it. Um, which shows what faith I've got in the defence. Um, <laughs> they, they um, I suppose they were quite well organised uh, most of the time at uh, at Fulham, looked quite comfortable in the first half too. Well, I suppose you've got to point the finger at the goalkeeper for the for the two Fulham goals. Um, and Leeds never really looked like scoring. They did get one back in the end. Bamford uh, sort of uh, got an assist from one of the defenders and got one back. Um Decent goal, actually. Two good goals in the, the Leeds-Leicester game, I think you've got to say. Both both, both uh, well-taken goals. Uh, but you've just no faith in the defence. And, and 
I, I think the general feeling that I've got, um, have, having watched them, is that I remember sort of 12 months ago when we were talking about them in a similar position, and I remember having a discussion with Stuart Taylor, our colleague, saying, is, is Jesse Marsh good enough? Is he, is he up to the job? And I think we said, well, jury's out, and, and, and we said the same thing earlier. I think my conclusion now is that he wasn't up to the job, and he sound, signed a lot of... Um, not very good players, to be quite mm. frank. Um, uh, I, I was chatting to a, a good friend of mine, actually, who happens to be a Manchester United supporter at lunchtime. Uh, and uh, he's not he's not one of those Manchester United supporters who hates Leeds. He's lived, lived in Leeds ever since he came here to university. Um, so, so he actually wants Leeds to stay up. But, but he said when he watched it, he said he was amazed at how poor their skills were. The passing and the ball control were very poor, mm. he thought. Um, I just think they're not a very good side with some rather ordinary players. And I think I think they will go down now. I mean, they might surprise me and win at Bournemouth on Sunday, which would give them a, a good shout of staying up, I suppose. Um, but, I mean, you look at those fixtures next month, City away, Newcastle at home, uh, West Ham away, certainly won't be easy. Tottenham at home, actually, might be their best shout of a result, the way they're playing at the moment. <laughs> um, you just can't see where the points are coming from. And, and enough of the others, I think, are playing each other for people to get points. Um, I just think they're a poor side. And I think if yeah. they go down, it's because they're not good enough. And, and I think they will go down, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think the one thing that Leeds will, probably could rely on is the fact that I do believe there are three worst teams um, in Southampton, really? Everton <laughs> and Forest. Um, right. well, I think hmm. those three are worst teams um Everton are playing Newcastle tonight as we record Southampton mm. are playing Bournemouth tonight which actually mm. is a big game down the bottom of the Premier League um yeah. Newcastle have so... scored I see by the way pardon Newcastle have scored Newcastle, Newcastle have won scored. Up. so that's good mm. so that's mm. good for Leeds because it will keep Everton mm. in the bottom three and Leeds out of the bottom three so you know you only need to be above that dotted line um mm. yeah I know I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> um, Richard, what, um, have you seen much of Leeds? And um, do you pretty much agree with what Tony said, really? Quite frankly, um, Mr. Walker would like me to hear this. Who would like to hear this? I thought they were rank awful against uh, Leicester. Um, you know, considering they were the home team, had a huge crowd supporting them and they were poorly organised. And quite honestly, um, they could quite easily have lost three or four one in that game. And, you know, you look at the stats and everything and, you know, they, they're just going nowhere. Um and I think Tony may have hit the nail on the head when he said um, they're just a poor side and the purchases made by the previous manager, which must have had the endorsement of the director of football and the uh, owner, um, are poor decisions. And they've sold people, um, OK, for good prices, um, but... They've sold people who were, were far better players last year and the year before than they've replaced them with. They haven't replaced like with like. 
And quite honestly, um, about the only thing that one can look forward to next year is the fact that there hopefully will be a uh, West Yorkshire derby. (laughs) (laughs) Just just following on on what you said there, Richard, actually, I think that's a very good point about people who sold, not just people who sold, but... Um, the, the, the fact that um, uh, they nearly sold Jack Harrison, of course, to Leicester. Um, yeah. And he's been their best player in, 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 in recent weeks. Um, they let Lorente and Dan James go out on loan. Well, are the players that they've got there better than those two? I'm not sure is, they are. Why is Gnonto not playing? A lot of the so, fans apparently are asking the same question. Yeah, not I, right I think he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something not right there. Um and yeah, it it is a mess. And maybe Richard um, will um, have the Tractor Boys coming to Ellen Road next season as well. Well, hopefully, but we're <laughs> we're, we're not doing too badly. You're not, are you? You're doing pretty well. Great win on um, Tuesday against Barnsley as well, who are yeah, one of the four com- teams in that league. Com- convincing. Yes. And the great advantage the Tractor Boys have got is equal points. They've got one more. Because their goal difference is absolutely, yeah, yeah. They've got the best defensive record in the league, and I think they are either the top or the second top scorers in in that division. Yeah, they are doing superbly well. And Plymouth um, also doing really well. Um, Plymouth have been promoted, actually, as well, officially. Um, I think it's between Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday for that second place in League One um, to be promoted to the Championship. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, quick mention to Harrogate. Um, Bernie, they um, they beat Newport County in a five-goal thriller on uh, midweek, and that win has kept them up. They're, they're, they're a football league team again for next season, which for a club the size of Harrogate Town is absolutely fantastic. Yes, I agree, Ian, and I'm delighted to see that. It's great to see uh, a club like Harrogate that's come up very, very quickly. And um, and once they establish themselves in League Two, they've had a struggle this season. And you you do really wonder where it's going to go, really. It it almost looks like a continuous fight to keep league status for Harrogate. I just hope they can find whether they need some investment or uh, some extra motivation or something and uh, just move themselves to, to that next level upwards. But they've done so well over the last few years, and it's great to see them survive for another season. Absolutely. Yeah, but without being funny about this, when you yeah. look at Harrogate's cash, catchment area and you compare that to Bradford City, you look at the ground of each mm. of them, and, you know, it is absolutely phenomenal. It's mm. rather the equivalent of in the old days... Southampton at the Dell with a ground that was, you know, in the old um, football league division one days. Yes. With, yeah. You know, pre-Premier League. And um, the same with Bournemouth when they went up. And you look at these small clubs and how the hell do they do it? Because, you know, Bradford have got a ground with a capacity of what, 26,000? Yes. Yeah, ish. Yeah. Yeah. And Harrogate is what? Seven or eight? 
I don't think it was even that. I think it's around. Yeah, I, I, it certainly won't be any more than that, Richard, will it? No, no but they don't fill it every week, do they? No, you know, they've no, got. No, no. no I, I think they're doing a fantastic job there. They are. And um, hopefully my team will join them in League Two next year. But enough about that. Um, we'll, we'll, um, Bradford are in the playoff hunt. Um, well, are we covering any more of their games? Does anybody uh, anybody know? We're hoping to, I think, on the 8th, as I understand it, the 8th of May sees both the last games for the League Two and for the Championship. So right. we're trying to find a way of covering the Bradford City game, which kicks off at, I think it's 12 o'clock, yeah. and the Huddersfield game, which kicks off at 3 so oh, okay. Stuart Taylor is uh, is doing the is um, uh, his swan act of uh, pedalling like mad below the surface to keeping uh, everything on an even keel above hand and putting people into places <laughs> so that uh, he'll, be, he'll be able to get enough people in the right place at the right time so that we can get the broadcast out from both those grounds. Brilliant! That will be awesome. What a last day of the season that's going to be. Um, thank you, guys. Um, so. This weekend, um, yep, Huddersfield are at Cardiff. Um, Leeds are. Um, does anyone want to Bournemouth. remind me where Leeds are this weekend? Way to Bournemouth. Yeah, way to, to Bournemouth on Sunday. On a bank holiday weekend. Um, and then um, Bradford and. Northampton at home on Saturday. Northampton at home on Saturday. Northampton. You think I'd do my research, wouldn't you? Really, Sorry, being the uh, presenter and all. But um, anyway, so, I'm doing. Tony's right. It's Northampton away. I beg your pardon. Yeah, mm. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. So we're going to move to cricket. Got... Yeah, sorry. Um, I was just going to say Bradford. I looked at. They got. They got crew away. Is their sort of spare match, as it were, and then they finish at home to Orient. So not exactly okay. an easy finish. Well, you think Orient might be um, um, what you like? We're hoping that Sheffield United might put be. off the gas. Yes, already on the already on the beach. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, hopefully that will be the case there for Leighton Orient. Um, so talk me through um, the cricket, uh, the uh, Yorkshire who were playing um, Sussex. Durham. No, they were playing Sussex last week. Oh, they were playing Sussex, yeah. Yeah, they haven't got a game this week. Um, yeah, they were playing Sussex last week. Uh, and actually, we're sort of behind for, for quite a bit of the game. Sussex got a first innings lead of, what, 50 or 60 odd off the top of my head. I can't remember exactly how many. Um, but Yorkshire bowled them out um, very efficiently in the second innings um, and uh, had a target of... I think it was exactly 200 the lead, so 201 to win. Uh, lost three quick wickets, 30 odd for three. Looked as though they were in trouble, um, and and then um, a very good partnership between uh, Adam Lyth and Shy Hope, who was playing his last match for the three that he's come to Yorkshire. Uh, got them into a strong position at the end of day three. They needed just over 60 to win, I think, on the last day. And it poured down overnight and rained for quite a bit of the next day. There was no play and it ended up as a draw. So uh, all very disappointing because Yorkshire was certain to win it. And of course, 
with the vagaries of, of the way the bonus points go, because Sussex did better in the first innings, Sussex actually came away with more points in the match than Yorkshire. Um, so very disappointing, I think. Um, uh, the start of this latest round of fixtures this week, I think, and uh, I'm sure Bernie and Richard would, would correct me if I'm wrong, I think Yorkshire are actually seventh out of eight in the, in the table. Yeah. yeah. And quite, quite frankly, Tony, without uh, Bearstow... Yeah, you know, um, his 97 gave them a fighting chance. And what really worries me about that side is uh, Shy Hope hasn't done that much apart from this uh, second innings. Um, Bearstow will almost certainly be in England squads. Roots away and, oh, goodness, I've, I've lost the other one. But it, it just worries me that they're Harry going Brooke. to end. Sorry? Harry Brook. Yeah, Harry Brook. Yeah. I, I got Harry Brook first before I started speaking. Um, <laughs> and it just really worries me that there's no way I can see that side getting out of Division 2 this year. I think it's um, a bit early for that, Richard, personally. Um, yeah, we, we, yeah. we said much the same last time I was on here two weeks ago, and really nothing's changed since then. They've had a complete washout, and a game yeah. that uh, 99% of the time they would win, and uh, then had those two things not conspired against them, things could be looking an awful lot better. So I, 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 I had some reservations at the end of that first game, but it was obviously the first game. Um, there's a lot of personnel issues to be sorting out, overseas players coming and going, injuries, etc., etc., test calls, who's going to go, who isn't. So it's still early days yet, but uh, goodness me, if Yorkshire can't get to the top two out of eight in that division, then uh, really the, uh, the the whole thing needs looking at. Yeah, Did, I, um, I'd agree with that. Well, Bell- I just worry about Ben Code being the second highest scorer. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we knew before the season started that the batting was uh, potentially going to be a bit of an issue. But, of course, you've got to remember, to be fair, that, um, I mean, I, I didn't agree with bringing this Pakistani guy in for four matches. That seemed silly. I don't know why they couldn't have got high hope for a few more, to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, he did nothing at all in the first game. But we have got the, 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 the new captain, of course, who hasn't appeared yet. Uh, Shan Massoud. I'm not sure whether whether he'll be available next week. I'm not sure what the latest uh, story is on that, but uh, he should certainly help to strengthen the batting. They've still got Milan at the moment um, and should have him well for certainly most of the next month or two, I would have thought, till England start playing one day. Um, so I'm not totally pessimistic on that. And, and the attack, you know, the attack, it's a decent attack. They've got some decent bowlers there they should be able to bowl sides I mean I know they didn't manage to against Leicestershire and I suspect they probably didn't bowl that well on what was obviously a very flat wicket uh, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule them out yet I think um, you know that the, the, there's still hope that they can get up there I mean we're early stages yet three games down 11 to go yes they're going to need a bit of luck with the weather they don't want you know what's happened in two of the first three games again but uh uh, I, I'd be reasonably hopeful. And when you look at the table, actually, the team, teams that are above them are, are not that far above them, really. So there's only been up, up to this week. There's only been four positive results out of the yeah. uh, the, the total mm. games that's been 
complete yeah. the in play. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, um, Bairstow got his 97 for the second 11, didn't he, against Nottingham? Oh, sorry, yes, I, yeah. was, I was wrong. Thank you, Ian. No, no worries. Um, but it's great to see that Bairstow is back, but not just for Yorkshire, but for England as well. He's he's one of them guys who you just want in your team all the time. Um, so, yeah, to see him score 97, even against my boys... <laughs> Um, it was good to see, and it's good to see him back after a, a broken leg, which cricketers don't often get. So it's um, it's uh, yeah, good to see him back. Anyway, um, we'll be talking cricket a lot more this summer um, as we go through, and hopefully Yorkshire can uh, can uh, bounce back up in the, this start. Let's call it a start. Um, <laughs> so Challenge Cup draw. Leeds Rhinos got drawn against Wigan Warriors in the sixth round. Um, I don't think you could get a tougher draw. And, um, well, what do you think, Tony? Uh, well, as, as a guy many years ago who uh, some of you will remember called George Hurst, who was the uh, uh, secretary of the Yorkshire Rugby League for many years. And before that, he was secretary at, uh, at, at Leeds um, Rugby Club. Um, when it was the Leeds Cricket Football uh, and Athletic Company back in those <laughs> days. And his, he always used to say, back Leeds when you don't fancy him. Um, and, and I think that would be a case for that. Uh, I think it's one of those games that people look at it and say, well, Leeds are very inconsistent. Wigan, uh, they've been, I, th- I think, I don't know who they are now, but they've been at the top of the table, haven't they? Uh, yeah. They are the holders. They'll come in as favourites for sure. Um, probably not many people give Leeds much of a chance. They could win it. You know, they've shown this season they won at St. Helens. Uh, they overturned a big deficit against Catalans. They could win it. And, and it's at Headingley. It's not at Wigan. And, that, that, and I think that makes a, a significant difference. Mm. Um, so I, I, I'm not without hope that they might actually pull a shock off there and, and that they might dump Wigan out of the cup. No, I think that's fair. Because I think if the Rhinos put publicise it right and put the ticket prices at a right, it could be an absolute fantastic crowd and a great mm. occasion. Leeds Wigan in the Challenge Cup, you you can't yeah. get much better than that really, can you? So No, no. Um, certain to be on telly, I would have thought as well. Yeah. Which means I think the Rhinos have to price it right to get the mm. fans in rather yeah. than oh, I'll just watch it on telly. Yeah. And mm. will it be in the BBC as well? Easier yeah. for everyone to watch. So mm. Mm. um so, but yeah, fingers crossed there for the Rhinos. Um, we're doing quite well tonight, guys. Um, I appreciate your input as always. So we're going to go with uh, sporting moment of the week. Richard Bell, your sporting moment of this past week, sir. Well, I'm going to indulge myself in two that are connected. OK. Um, I follow the women's rugby quite keenly. I think it's... Uh, it's a wonderful sport, and uh, the ball is in play for so much more of the game. And Ireland may have lost to England at the weekend, but compared with Scotland, they're the bottom side in the table, and they conceded net less points you know, to England than any of Scotland Italy and um, uh, um, Wales. Wales. Um, 
But the really big one from my point of view is the headline that's come out and the game hasn't even taken place, but it's at Twickenham on Saturday at one o'clock. Yes. And I only hope people are going to watch it, which is England versus France with both sides playing for the Grand Slam. And the minimum estimate of the crowd at the moment is 53,000 at Twickenham. Wow. Uh, which will be a world record, but is a phenomenal thing compared with the last time nearly 10 years ago that I actually saw them play after a game at Twickenham. And they played Ireland. And of all the 83,000 crowd, there were about 2,000 of us who stayed on and it was free to watch and it was there, you know, and the bars were still kept open. So it wasn't a case that you, we all moved into the West Stand. I think if I remember rightly, great atmosphere, but 53,000 at Twickenham. I think the RFU's ambition of the 2025 World Cup final being a sellout there is not the fiction that people thought it was yeah. four years, five years ago. So mm. my sporting moment of the week at the moment is the state of women's rugby, you know, and how it's going. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Richard. And yeah, definitely watch that. It's England, France, the Six Nations decider on Saturday. Um, all three games are on Saturday. And England, France is first at one o'clock. Um, thank you very much, Richard. Bernie, your sporting moment of the week, sir. Well, I've been scratching my head a bit this week, Ian, actually. What with no Huddersfield Town games for the best part of two weeks and uh, much of the cricket rained off. So I've gone, uh, I've gone looking around the world for a sporting moment of the week and uh, it, it probably doesn't fit that exact description, but I've come across something which uh, had passed my uh, uh, notice until tonight, but uh, it's worth mentioning, I think, and it, it is cricket. It, it, Ireland are touring Sri Lanka at the moment. Yes. And um, <laughs> the, the, it looks, looks uh, 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 uh they're playing both, uh, well, both, both the first and the second test are in goal, and uh, it looks like a very, very flat wicket because <laughs> <laughs> the first test, um, Sri Lanka made 591 for six, and uh, well, it, the, the wicket may have turned in the second, uh, second part of the game because Ireland were out for 143 and then following you know, 168. So they didn't make a great start to the, the series, uh, Ireland losing that one by 280 runs. Um, in fact, just uh, as an aside, Ireland haven't played many test matches since they were admitted to test status. Uh, Tony will have a better idea than me of this, but it's, it must be something like six or seven years ago, uh, possibly yeah. more even. And uh, mm. they played very few test matches. Obviously, COVID's had a, an effect on that. But uh, anyway, they uh, they lost. The, they got a good hiding in that first test. They're now in the middle of the second test, or rather four days into the second test. And I'll just read you the scores first of all. Ireland batted first, 492 all out. Good effort, Ireland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paul Sterling, the old war horse, he's got 103. And Curtis Camphor made 111. So well done, Ireland, there. Sri Lanka in the first innings, 704 for three declared. Wow. <laughs> Top four, Madushka, 205. 
Karuna Ratner, who you might remember played for Yorkshire a few games last season, 115. Kusil Mendis, 245. And Angelo Matthews, 100 not out. That's 665 runs from the top four. There must be some kind of a record there. Mm. And uh, so, uh, anyway, to, to finish off the, the score as it stands at the moment, Ireland in the second innings are 54 to, for two, 158 behind. I do hope they'll survive that last day and get a draw. And uh, it looks like it's still a good track, so they've got a good chance of doing so. But uh, just spare a thought for a young man by the name of Ben White, who bat- batted number 11 for Ireland. He's a leg spinner. He's playing in his second test match. And his figures in that first innings when Sri Lanka's top 700, 34 overs, one maiden, not for 203. Welcome oh, yeah. to Test Cricket, young man. Yeah, bless him. <laughs> Brilliant. Dear. Thanks a lot, Bernie. Yeah. Um, before we get to Tony, just to let you know that Rotherham have equalised. It's Rotherham 1, Cardiff 1 in that big game down the bottom of the championship. Shouldn't have been allowed. It was a foul in the build-up. But hey, I'm not a referee. So, um, Tony, your, your sporting moment of the week there. Well, yeah, I, I was uh, struggling with this this week as well. I, I, I sort of uh, thought of something that uh, we've mentioned already, actually. It was Johnny Bairstow coming back to action um, and, and getting 97 in the second team, which was obviously a, a noteworthy incident. But in the end, I, I've gone for something which is more a question of something that caught my eye significantly rather than anything else uh, which was um at the world snooker championship where uh, in the quarter final um Ronnie O'Sullivan was leading Luca Brissell 10-6 overnight and just needed three to get through to the uh, semi-final uh, and everybody just assumed it was a question of whether he'd managed to do it before the mid-session interval came along or not and I was actually in the gym watching this on the television at the time I could scarcely believe what I was watching um, because in the end, if you take out the actual time of the mid-session interval, um, which was, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, if you remove that, Brussel then proceeded to reel off seven frames in 75 minutes of playing time to win by 13 frames to 10. Uh, and I just couldn't believe what I was watching from O'Sullivan. I think his highest break in all of that was 29. Um, and for, you know, the best player in the world, arguably the best player of all time, it was just a remarkable collapse. Um, I mean, Brussel played well. He's a very inconsistent player, actually. He's, uh, he can make brilliant breaks and then miss absolute sitters, uh, which is why I don't think he'll, he'll win it. And I don't even think he'll get to the final, actually. Um, but but uh, it was just the nature of O'Sullivan's collapse. I mean, you'd have put all money on him being in the semi-final. And all of a sudden, he didn't even throw a blow for the, for the, the whole of that final session. And out he went. So um, that is my, it's not really a highlight, but I suppose it is a moment of the week. Uh, well, I'm, when, when, I'm, when, I'm uh, going to, if Ian will let me, change my highlight of the week to being the sheer thought that Tony was in the gym doing something for 90 to 95 minutes so he could watch the 75 minutes of action and the 15 to 20 minutes of the break. Sir, you are a fitness god. <laughs> well, what I didn't tell you, <laughs> what I didn't tell you was I, I saw the first four frames 
Uh, and then I, I actually finished and went off and had a shower. And uh, I saw the final frame when I went into the bar afterwards to drink orange juice, I would hasten to add, of course. Oh, so I didn't see, I wasn't in the, the gym for the whole of that time. I'll tell you one other thing, what, what you said, Richard, uh, when you were talking about the, the, the upcoming game against France, it rather reminded me of, uh, uh, I, I was sort of thinking, yeah, that'll be a moment for uh, that's coming ahead. Um, it'll be a moment of the week for next week kind of thing, England winning that. But then I remembered Stuart Taylor telling us his moment of the week for the following week, uh, was when he tipped some horse to win the Grand National and it finished nowhere. So I think we'll leave that one out for the moment. We won't tip, <laughs> yeah. we won't tip England to, to beat France on Saturday. But we will we will play that to Stuart next time he's uh, <laughs> next time he's on. Um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have one this week and um, I just I just want to congratulate Wrexham on winning mm. the National League. It's been one heck of a title race and. The fact that they've been my team as main rivals this year and both teams have scored over 100 goals. They've got both over 100 points. Um, They've just absolutely had to be on their metal each because both have been pushing each other on. Um, Between the two games, uh, Knotts won 1-0 at home and Wrexham won 3-2 at Wrexham. So, I mean... Technically, not one on away goals, so I said, oh, I'll, I'll claim that. Um, but yeah, and also their owners, um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, have been everything that uh, they've been just been so nice and so positive towards Knotts in all of their interviews. They've always been saying how Knotts are great and how Knotts have been great, and and you know, when we lost our chief executive. They were tweeting and, 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 and made sure that there was a minute's applause at the Wrexham game. Um, just they, um, they've been a breath of fresh air, I think, and it's just been an absolutely amazing season. And now I just hope that Notts can join Wrexham in League Two next season through the playoffs. But honestly, tip of the hat to Wrexham for winning the league this year. It's been a heck of a race. So, um, so yeah, Um I'm going to go and cry now because uh, <laughs> I was with, a, I was with, with 106 Rexham. points. Um, but anyway, um, I was with the Wrexham so fan at lunchtime, uh, Ian. Uh, I was with the Wrexham fan at lunchtime, and he, I think he's still on uh, on cloud nine after that. Uh, I imagine great. he is. And uh, I mentioned actually for Phil Parkinson as well, of course, former Bradford City manager. Yes. Mm. Yeah, he's he's had a lot of pressure on him, um, and. Uh, Sometimes he uh, he shows it and and loses it a little bit, but yeah, he's done great. I mean, both teams have lost three games, with three games out of forty-five. That's incredible um, for both of them. Um, thanks, Richard. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Bernie, um, for your input tonight. Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, if you're in hospital, we hope you get well soon, and uh, we hope you'll be out watching sport rather than listening to us commentate and comment on it um good luck to huddersfield this weekend and good luck to leeds and good luck to bradford as well and um hopefully we'll have some success to talk about in next week's huddle um, but until then cheerio and get well soon